Ryan Race, our Bible teacher and general manager, Ray Haynes, with us. So glad that the teaching notes will be up a little bit later at victory.radio, and then you click on the blog because you've you've talked about all of these various elements that go into the, the Passover meal, the Seder. Is there one that maybe is more important than another? Well, let me put it this way. When you think about, you probably don't think about the Passover Seder, but is there a meal, food, and when you think about Jesus, that immediately you think of? Uh, probably the lamb, you know, sure. eating the lamb. Is there anything in your Christian life that Christians think of when you say, all right, Jesus, what, what would be food in terms of Jesus? Well, salvation, Savior, Jesus. I, I think of the Lord's Supper, the breaking go. of the bread. So the Lord's Supper, this was that last supper that goes, it was their Passover meal, their Seder meal before the actual Seder happened. And what are the parts of that, that breaking of bread that you have? You have bread and you have wine or juice, mm -hmm. right? So in the Passover meal... This happens at a very set time. Beginning, you you break that piece of bread that's called the afikoman. You hide part of it, and then you bring it back along with this third cup. Why do you bring it back right now? What, what's that about? Well, since the meal cannot be completed without eating the afikoman, the afikoman, the broken middle matzah that was hidden, must be found and brought back. The one who finds it brings... It gets a great reward. And if you have kids at a Passover, it's something they look forward to every year because they go find it and you give them a present. Who doesn't want presents? The bread itself reminds us of Jesus. It's his body. The rabbis have rigid codes as to the appearance of the matzah. It has to have stripes, be pierced and without leaven. Jesus was afflicted, striped, pierced, and without sin. Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, ironically, save, uh, sailors would often save some of this little afikoman to keep with them because it was believed to calm the sea. And as it happens, these were all fishermen. <laughs> this was one of the miracles that Jesus did to help end the disciples' unbelief because they were fishermen. So as they're in the boat, and, you know, they've got the little pocket here, and some of them are, got the little afikoman from the last Passover because they want the sea to be calm, and they're going, wait. So it was during the eating of this afikoman and the blessing of it that the Bible tells us Jesus, the same night when she was betrayed, took bread, when he given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Almost the exact phrasing of what he had said when he launched the original Passover night. He said, this is a day of observance for all of my people. Remember this date and remember what's happened. And he said, eat this meal. So the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. In Jerusalem at Passover time, the Jews got ceremonial cl ceremonially clean. They fixed up the roads. They whitewashed tombs. In other words, you paint them white if it's a tomb. So uh, it would prevent travelers from accidentally seeking shelter in a cave. It was really a tomb. Coming in contact with a dead body would make people ceremonially unclean. They wouldn't be able to have Passover for a month. After eating of the afikoman, no other food can be eaten for the rest of the night other than the last two cups of wine at the Seder or coffee, tea, water, something like that. So that the taste of the matzah that was eaten during the meal remains in our mouths. So you want to leave with the taste of Jesus.
Jewish law prescribes that an olive-sized piece of matzah be eaten to commemorate the lamb whose meat was eaten at the very end of the Seder meal in the days that the temple stood. Also, the third cup is the cup of redemption, also called the cup of blessing. With this cup, Israel remembers their deliverance from slavery, their redemption from the plague of death by the blood of the first Passover lamb. The cup corresponds to the verse, I will redeem you. So if the afikoman was his body, then obviously the third cup is his blood as part of the communion meal. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Again, throw back to God's words of the Passover meal. There is a fourth cup. It's the cup of praise or of restoration. It corresponds to the verse, I will take you to be my people. And at this time of the Last Supper, the word says, when they'd sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You'll all fall away, Jesus told them, for it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after that, I've risen. I will go ahead of you into Galilee. There's a fifth cup that isn't used. It's the cup of Elijah. It's called the silent cup. He actually set a place at the table for Elijah. John 19, later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So Jesus left Passover after the fourth cup. So that's as close as he gets to the fifth cup as he heads to the grave. Elijah was one of the few people that didn't die. He was taken to, by God into heaven. We similarly await the possibility of a rapture. I send, he said, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children to the fathers. We recall Jesus saying of John the Baptist, for all the prophets and the law prophesied till John, if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. So John the Baptist would have been born traditionally around Passover. His father, Zechariah, was priest of the division of Abijah, which had placed him in the temple during the 10th week due to the Feast of Weeks, so when he would have spoken with the angel. So he would have remained away from his wife for an additional two weeks due to the laws of separation. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me, took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. So if you do all the math, that places the birth of John the Baptist, the time of Passover, Jesus was born six months later during the fall feasts. The Seder customarily ends by everyone saying, next year in Jerusalem. And uh, obviously the blessing is always the ending of everything. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord deal kindly and gracious with you. May the Lord bestow his favor upon you and grant you peace. And uh, with that, we uh, wrap up today's Passover and I will get to work loading it up on our podcast and uh, our blog and may you have a, a wonderful Passover.